name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I just to want to give a short word about the prodigal son, and hopefully I'll be able to supplement this later online. Uh, we are meditating on the Lord's Prayer, and we said during this period of the Holy uh, Fast that we were going to look to the Lord's Prayer as what this fast is conditioning us to do, to pray that prayer with our hearts intentionally. We pray that prayer not quickly, not hastily, not carelessly, but we pray uh, and we focus on those words intentionally. And so using the story of the prodigal son, I wanted to offer meditations on two passages of the, um, of the Lord's Prayer. So the prodigal son, as we know the story, he kind of, he, he repents. He comes to himself when he's in his lowest state and he comes to himself and he returns and he says, I am going to go to my father and I'm going to say to him, Father, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And I want to take those words and say them differently. I want to say, Father, I am no longer worthy to call you Father. Instead of saying, I'm no longer worthy to be your son, I'm no longer worthy to use these words, Father. And I want us to pause there and to think, how often have we said the words, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, like, and we take it for granted that we are allowed to even say these words. And we've built into our prayer of the Lord's Prayer, we've built in a pause. We usually say, make us worthy to pray thankfully and say. And when we pray that, we're supposed to remember, ah oh, yes, I'm not worthy to just kind of open the door, you know, get in front of the presence of God and say, our Father who art in heaven, I first have to pause and say, I am not worthy to be called your son, or in another way, I'm not worthy to call you father. But how? How do we return to this point? He sinned through his prodigal living, but he returned by self-examination, by repentance, and by confession. It has to be something that is daily in our lives. We took in our adult Sunday school class, maybe about three weeks ago now, we spoke about how confession, according to St. John Chrysostom, has to be done at home. And then I added, I talked about confession with the priest, but St. John Chrysostom was very clear in confessing at home that we spend time together. It's not optional, and it's not something that we do just before we go to confession. That's a good time to do it too, but there is every day the church is giving us the Agbeya prayers, and even in the Agbeya prayers, if you notice in the 11th hour, it's the end of the day, and we're examining ourselves, and we say to ourselves, if the righteous one, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where am I going to be? Right? And I, I did not bear the burden in the heat of the day, that was the gospel this morning, did not bear the burden in the heat of the day, but count me of those of the 11th hour, the Gospel this morning was Matthew chapter 20, 15 or 20, chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20. And in Matthew chapter 20, you have the, the, the workers, the first hour, third hour, sixth hour, ninth hour, and then the eleventh hour workers come in and everybody gets paid the same. But 
we are saying like them, we did not bear the burden in the heat of the day, in the 11th hour of the, of, of the Akbeya. We did not bear this, but count us with those of the 11th hour. And then in the next litany we say, I have done all these sins, but now I'm, uh, I'm asking you, O Father, to open your fatherly bosoms, for I've spent the day in, in negligence, and now I'm returning to you and I'm crying, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, no longer worthy to be called your son. All this is given to us, not as extra, but to teach us every day, at the end of the day, examine yourself. Examine yourself. Judge yourself. Judge yourself, and, and in your judgment, confess your sins. There's nothing <clears throat> wrong, and there's no shame in standing up in front of God and saying, God, you know that I did X, Y, and Z. We don't have to say, God, you know everything that I did and everything I did was wrong. And I'm, No, let's name the things that we do wrong so that we acknowledge it in front of God. And we ask that the light of God shines on us so that we can see what is missing. What am I not seeing? What am I ignoring? God, show it to me so that I can confess. And St. John Chrysostom goes on and he says, Your confession at home should be connected with prostrations and almsgiving and fasting, even fasting on your own at home, uh, doing service. All of that is tied in. You are supposed to do this to yourself, not wait for a priest to tell you, you know, maybe you should pray your psalms or maybe you should spend more time. No, you are supposed to do this for yourself. In this way, and in this way, we are doing the work so that we can return and say the words, Father. We, we acknowledge, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. We each have to accept this as a fact. We are not worthy. The only one who makes us worthy is, is, is Christ himself. Christ has made us worthy. Now, theologically, we have all been baptized. We have all taken on, received of the Spirit. We've all been adopted. We've all been given the right to call God Father. We've been given that right. But are we worthy? It's two different things. The right, yes. But the worthiness is something that we constantly have to struggle. We don't have to beat ourselves up. But let's at least acknowledge the fact that this isn't something... To, that we should just say, oh, it's a given. I'm allowed to do this. And remember what St. John Chrysostom also said in, on Wealth and Poverty. He also said, the conscience will always be there. If you do not, if you do not relieve your conscience, it will always be nagging you for the rest of your life. Whatever sins that you think, oh, they're not a big deal, later on they come. I've heard priests tell me that people in their 60s are overcome and overwhelmed by the sins of their youth because they left them unconfessed, unrepented. And they come at the age of 60, 65, confessing things that they did as teenagers. Don't think that you can forget about it and it will ever escape. But face it, acknowledge it, repent of it, confess it, and move on. The second, the second part of the Lord's Prayer that I want you to focus on is that when we ask God to forgive us our sins, our trespasses, our debts, as we forgive others, we see it in this beautiful mo model of the Father. The Father hears the confession but cuts it off and quickly moves the Son into the joy of forgiveness, into the, 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 the peace that comes and the acceptance that comes with 
conf confession and forgiveness, the status that is returned, he moves him quickly. St. Gregory of Nyssa says, Do you ask God to forgive your debts? Forgive the debts of others, and God will cast his favorable ballot towards you. And then St. Gregory says something even greater, something even more powerful, more bold. He says, if you forgive the sins of those who are around you, you can stand before God and say, look, I have forgiven the sins of those who are around me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my sins. And of course we know that God is is faithful in what He promised, that He will forgive. But we have to be more like God. It sounds like a very difficult task, but that's what this fast is for. That we fast, and we pray, and we take on those attributes. As we're meditating and focusing more and more of our attention on God, knowing more and more of our attention about Him, thinking about the Kingdom of Heaven more and more, focusing on our journey to the kingdom, the journey to the resurrection, focusing on the Lord's prayer, we start to discover more about God's beauty and God's love and God's compassion and His forgiveness and His faithfulness. All of that, not so that we can say, wow, God's really great, but so that we can say, I want to be more like that. Help me to be more like Him through the work of the Holy Spirit within us. When we're cleansing our souls and our spirits during Great Lent, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to work within us. And those attributes should appear more and more within us. I want you to know how much effort and time and energy and how much of our mind we are devoting to this coronavirus and this plague. Note that. How much of your time are you thinking about? It? Right? Is there a way... Is there a way, is there a lesson that we, can be, that we can learn in our spiritual lives? Of course, some of this all needs attention, right? This is all very important. We have to keep our minds open. I, myself, I've I usually turn off the news, but I'm keeping up with the news just to see what's going, just to figure out. But, but, but what I'm trying to get at is this. At the end of the day, when all is said and done, ought we not to pay attention to our spiritual lives with as much, and we have the time, with as much energy, and with as much enthusiasm, if we're talking about whether we're going to get the coronavirus or whether we're going to get into the kingdom of heaven, one is less important than the other. We have to be able to do both. Not, it's not either or. I'm not saying one or the other. I'm saying both. Both. We have the capability and the capacity and the energy and our attention is sort of perked when it comes to let us also, or peaked. Let us also pique our attention when it comes to our spiritual life. Washing our souls and our spirits as much as we wash our hands. Right? And praying for others as much as we possibly can. Uh, and not only are we washing, as you know, I'll tell you, not only am I washing my hands often, I'm washing my children's hands. What's the lesson there? Maybe I need to wash the, the feet of other people, meaning covering their sins, praying for their sins, forgiving them. There's something, there's meditations, we can see God in everything and everywhere, and let's take advantage of this time. Self-quarantine is great. I just, I, I've seen that uh, Shakespeare wrote King Lear, 
he wrote uh, a whole play in quarantine. And uh, I think Sir Isaac Newton uh, discovered calculus. Now, <laughs> that's bad, for better or for worse, right? Uh, that's why we shouldn't. What's that? He went home for the summer. He had nothing better to do because of the plague. He went home for the summer, had nothing better to do, so he discovered calculus, and we suffered after that. <laughs> but the idea is that you can do great things. Don't waste your time during this, this, this period. And don't just sit frozen in front of the TV. Give it its time. An hour in the morning, maybe an hour in the evening, but it doesn't have to be every 15 minutes. You know, just, just don't waste this time. And may God bless this time for us. Even if it's a difficult time, there's blessing to be found in these difficult times. Time to reflect, time to grow closer to our families, time to uh, learn patience with our children or with our parents or with whatever, time for us to, to grow and to deepen our spiritual life. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. So may God be glorified in us. May He protect each and every one of you and of us. May He protect you from this plague. May He give you peace. May He give you joy. May He give you hope and a better future. May He guide you uh, both in your physical lives and in your spiritual lives. May He allow us, this community, St. John, uh, to, take, uh, to take advantage of any opportunity of service. May He allow us to be in His hands workers, not scared of whatever might happen to us, but willing to suffer for the sake of others. May God be glorified in us and the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, now and every teachable easy. Amen. Reminding you, kiss of peace is a, is a tap on the, on the heart. Uh, when we come to communion, open your mouths nice and wide. I'm going to do it very slowly. I'm going to be inserting it, you know, just if I could just drop it. And I'll try to stand up here, but just drop it, the body, into your, into your, into your mouths. Um, afterwards, for those of you who wish to depart after taking communion, just for today, I give you absolution to leave right after you've taken the blood to depart. There is ologeia, and we'll figure out a way to do this. I know that we're going to have somebody cut it up. Um, uh, so maybe we'll have uh, a Rafa. Maybe you can go to the back. and no, no coffee. There's no coffee. There's no tea. But Rafa, you can go to the back and just cut each piece up into about six pieces. Um, I think there should be gloves, or at least as a doctor, you should know about hygiene and scrubbing. <laughs> and there, by, the, by the way, not to lose the focus. Our Father, the worthiness to pray. Our Father, that's number one. Number two is forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. May God be glorified now and ever in the age of all ages. Amen. <laughs>